Thank you for listening to our New Life Christian Center podcast. Stay tuned after the sermon for more ways to connect with us. So let's pray this morning before we get started, and I want to pray for Israel also, so if you'd be, pray with me and be in agreement. Father God, we just come to you this morning, and Father, we just so love you. You are just an amazing God. And Father, we lift up Israel to you. Father, they are the apple of your eye. And Father, I thank you that your mercy is surrounding them. I thank you that you are giving them supernatural wisdom to fight their enemy, that their enemy is your enemy, Father God. And Father, I also ask that that you would give the the women that their men are out fighting, that you would give them wisdom, that you would give them security, that you would manifest yourself to them, that they would know that you are right there with them and that you love them and that you will protect them and that you will provide for them, Father God. And Father, I also lift up each and every person there that does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And I ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of your spirit, that you would open their spiritual eyes to see Jesus, to see him as the Messiah. I just thank you for salvations going on right now in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank you that they have abundance of provision for them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I just cover Israel with the blood of Jesus because I believe in the power of the blood. I know that the blood protects them. I know that the blood draws them to you and the blood heals them. And I thank you for Israel. I ask, I thank you for blessing them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you bless them with everything that they need, Father God. And Father, this morning as we come to you now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm asking that you would open every one of our spiritual eyes this morning, that you would cause us to see the way you see, Father God, that you would give us that understanding in our heart of who you are, of who we are, of your plans, of your purposes, Father God. And Father, I just... I just surrender to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you be the teacher today, that you would bring to my remembrance the things that you want me to say to these people, Father God. And Father, I thank you that your word is alive and it will penetrate each and every one of our hearts today and it will not return void, but it will accomplish what you desire to accomplish in each and every one of our hearts here today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, let's this morning let's open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. It's a scripture that you've been hearing me pray for quite a few months now over us as we get started to receive the word. Jeremy reminded me and my husband reminded me to please go slow (laughs) and to allow everybody time to be able to get to the scripture. So um, if I'm not, would you please raise your hand and say, (laughs) haven't even started, you can't raise your hand yet. Ephesians 1, and we're going to look at verse 18. Verse 18. 
And I'm going to read it from two different versions, but the first, the first version that I'm going to read it from is going to be the New King James. It says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. So Paul is praying that God will enlighten the, uh, the understanding in our hearts, that we may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. The reason I want to, to read it from a different translation, I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation now. It says, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. The reason I wanted to read that from the Passion is because the Greek word for understanding in this verse, when you read it in the New King James, is the word imagination. And so many times we, we think of imagination as something that is not real. We'll think of like children that have a great imagination, we will say. But that's, that's, not, that's not what God is saying here in this scripture, and we're going to, we're going to look at that. But I want you to know that, that there's a difference between the word imagination and the word fantasy. Fantasy is what a child they may have an imaginary friend. That would be fantasy. It's not, it's not um, built on something that is real, okay? That, that imagination friend will never become real, right? That's just, that's their, their fantasy, their imagination. Well, when the Bible talks about imagination, imagination is our spiritual womb that we have in our hearts. Were you trying to get my attention? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so, um, so, so our imagination being our spiritual womb of our hearts, that's what Paul's praying for here. He's praying that, that our understanding would be enlightened. So when, we have, when you think of imagination, imagination is it, it's something that, that you can see, okay? So let's say I tell you I have a new garage, and some of you probably have never seen my new garage and maybe didn't even know that I had a new garage, but it's, you know, I can see it in my heart. I could, I could give you details about my garage. It is very real, but to you, we can't see it right now, right? But it does exist, so that's what I want you to remember that when, when God is talking about imagination is that it does exist. You just don't see it with your natural eyes. Okay, so let's say, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but I'm, I'm going to give you some more scriptures. But let's say that, that one of my favorite stories is when Jesus fed the 5,000 and, and he's, you know, he's telling the disciples that, hey, you know, they've been here for a long time. They're hungry. We need to be able to feed them. And the disciples in their natural understanding and their natural eyesight, they're like, Lord, what, what do you want us to do? We don't have the money or the food to go, to be able to go get that. Jesus, I love when I read the, the uh, gospels, 
When I look at Jesus' life, I'm always looking at them through eyes that are saying, okay, Jesus, you're modeling how you want me to respond and to act and, and the plans and the purposes that you have for my life. See, we have to remember that, yes, that Jesus was, was the son of man and, and had God, you know, and was God, but he was also fully man. And so he was showing us here on earth how that we could live a spiritual life and how we were to respond to different things. So so anyway, so Jesus, you know, he tells the disciples, you all know the story, he tells them to go and gather up what they can find, right? So, you know, they find a poor boy and they get, he has five loaves of bread and he has two fish. Now, I also want you to know that back then, that with since he was a poor boy, that his fish probably wasn't a huge fish. It was probably that the, they say that it was more like maybe um, a sardine size. I mean, they, it was it was small. So can you imagine the disciples, they gather that up, and they have five loaves of bread, two fish, and they're taking it to Jesus, and they're like, uh, this is all we could find. There's 5,000 people here, plus women and children, right? So Jesus, he takes that. Do you think that Jesus saw that there was not enough there? In the natural, he knew, you know, in the natural, he, there was nothing he could do from his fleshly man. There was nothing he could do. So he, he looks at the five loaves of bread and the five fish, and then he looks up to heaven. And when he looks up to heaven, he's looking with the intent to get a different perspective. How many times in your life do you have needs? Do you see lack? Do you see things in your life that you know that when Jesus died on that cross that he provided a way for you, but you see the lack? That's the time that we need to look up to heaven with the intent to get God's different perspective. Now, those of you who are married, I'm sure that you know how easily it is to have two different people have two different perspectives on a situation, right? Yeah. So why is it, people of God, when we have crisis, whatever it is, any situation that arises, why aren't we looking to God first, up into heaven, to say, what is your perspective? How do you see this situation? What happens is, a lot of times, is that we try to figure it out in our human reasoning. And the Word of God says, don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge me. That should be our very first thing that we do when we see a situation arise is, God, what is your perspective? Jesus held up what he had. Are you holding up what you have? Is, whether it's lack, whatever it is that you're, that you're dealing with in your life, hold it up. Okay, God, what is your perspective? Open 
my spiritual eyes, the eyes of my imagination. See, the reason that that word imagination is so powerful is because he's, he's not saying that you just get an a, a knowledge of who God is, a knowledge of the provision. He's saying, paint a picture there. Paint a picture, a total understanding to the point that when you look at the situation, regardless of what you're seeing with your natural eyes, you are seeing with your spiritual eyes and you're seeing the provision is already there. You already have it. It is as real to you as the Lonnie is to me right now. And see, what happens is, is sometimes we get, we get in a situation and we start pulling out our favorite scriptures and we start quoting our favorite scriptures over the situation. And it's good to know the word and it's good to quote the, the, your scriptures. But there's another step, there's another depth of intimacy with God that God is saying, hey, you know what? You, you, you see it in the word. You understand this intellectually. Now let me impart it to your heart. Let me, when, see, God designed for us to live from our hearts, not from our intellect. And, you know, the word says that, that non-believers, they, don't, they can't see the kingdom of God, right? Only, only God's children can see the kingdom of God. That is a blessing that God has given us as children, that we, can, that we have the ability to stop and to look up into heaven and say, God, show me, show me. Why do you suppose that God says to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven? It's because he wants us to live from heaven, from what we see in heaven, from what he has provided and not just to live as mere men here on earth. And that's the difference that this church was established on was because they were like, wait a minute, you know, we know there's more available to us than what, than just, just saying that I am saved. We know that when we give our life to Christ, that in salvation, you know, we, we have a personal relationship with Jesus. We have healing. We have provision. Amen. We have protection. And so instead of saying that and being satisfied with that and not seeing it manifested in your life, and I'm talking about manifested in a way that you can rest. You know, you can, you can understand scripture intellectually and you can quote scripture over any situation, but in your heart, your heart isn't rest, doesn't have rest. It doesn't have that peace. It doesn't have that knowing, that confidence that says, my God has this. And it, you no longer, you know, when I was first saved and got a hold of, of the power of prayer, I told God what to do so much of the time. And I'm like, who did I think I was? I mean, you know, it was like, oh God, well, I see this in the scripture. This is mine and, and, and you need to move. That wasn't, that wasn't a humble and a submissive heart. And there's a difference when we go to God. Don't go to God demanding that he owes you this. Go to God in relationship in honor, and in respect. This is, you know, God, I see in your word that you have provided this. I can see it. I know it. 
but I'm not seeing it manifested in my life the way that I see that it's available to me. And so I'm going to stop there and get real with God and open my heart and say, okay, God, talk to me here. Spend some time meditating on that, saying, God, show me. See, God says in his word that he's a God that can't lie. So if you see it in the word of God, he can't lie. We know that everything that is available to us is a free gift, right? You can't earn it. It's from God. It's by grace. Your salvation was by grace. And we're to live by grace in the Spirit. And see, sometimes what we try to do is we try to mix our human understanding, our natural understanding, with spiritual. And so what we do is we try to pull God down to our level. And God's saying, no, I don't want you to pull me down to my level. I want to pull you up to my level. And I gave you the Holy Spirit to teach you and to guide you and to illuminate your eyes to cause you to see. So in in all of this, one of the things that God asked me this summer, this summer was a real difficult summer for me because I found that that I was too busy looking at what I could see in the natural and trying to apply the spiritual to what I was seeing in the natural, and I was getting too much information from the natural and not enough information from God's perspective from the heavenly realm. Well, his perspective from the heavenly realm is exactly what the Word of God says. So, you know, it, it will line up. He's not, he's not going to give you some wild thing and it not line up with the Word of God. So anyway, for me, when I'm struggling spiritually, what I usually do is I lock myself away with God for a while, and I just say, I need you to talk to me here. I need you to show me. I'm not telling God what, you know, what I believe is available to me and all of that. I'm saying, okay, God, here's my heart. Oh, you know, let you and I talk. I'm listening. You've got my attention, right? And and as I, as I was listening and allowing God to minister to my heart, he was showing me that intellectually I understand and know that I know that I know that healing was provided when Jesus died on that cross. That when he took those stripes upon his back, it was provided. But then God starts showing me what was actually living in my heart. First, he showed me what was living in my brain, in my intellect. And I could understand, hey, that, you know, yeah, that's right. That's right. I have faith there. And then God starts showing me what was living in my heart. And he started showing me that, you know, when, when you get all this information coming at you and your, your natural eyes look like they agree with what your natural information is coming at you, then my heart got fearful and I lost my peace and I had a hard time not allowing my heart to think bad things going in a direction that I didn't want to go 
And, and God said to me, he said, you need to spend some time and you need to ask the Holy Spirit to paint the picture of the word of God to give you that understanding into your heart so that you see differently with your spiritual eyes than what you see with your natural eyes. But see, if you don't take the time to spend with God and with the Holy Spirit and you ask him to open your spiritual eyes so that you can see differently. And, you know, it really comes down to do you, do you want to live in the natural or do you want to live in the supernatural? If you want to live in the supernatural, if you want to live with everything that God has provided for you, you have to have your spiritual eyes opened. And you can't do it yourself. You can't save yourself, right? But you can surrender and, and you know, allow God to open and to minister to your heart and to show you things in your heart, to confirm the word of God in your heart to the point that you have that substance. So I said earlier that, that our imagination is our spiritual womb, right? Well, let's, let's look at with, in the natural. <clears throat> a woman has a womb. And she has to be able to conceive to be able to give birth, correct? We have a spiritual womb, and we need to conceive spiritually to give birth. And we've been trying at times without getting it into our heart, conceiving God's promises in our hearts, and we're trying to give birth to something that we haven't even conceived yet. Does that make sense? And so... So what we do is, see, that's what God was showing me when I, when I was struggling this summer. And I was like, okay, what's going on? He was like, okay, you haven't conceived spiritually in your heart. You haven't conceived the word of God in your heart. And that's the responsibility of the Holy Spirit. And when I go to the Holy Spirit and I ask him, okay, let's talk here. Let's spend, you know, spend some time meditating on it, chew on it throughout the day. You know, when, when it comes up on the inside of you, Holy Spirit, what do you want to show me here? What's going on? How, how do I walk in this? How do I allow and release what is available to me? See, we've all had the teaching and we know that our spirit man has, is one with Jesus and it has all that Jesus is in our spirit man. We know that our soul man, it needs to be continually renewed and, and needs to be you know, the, the salvation applied to it, right? But our, our spirit man is just like Jesus. And once we got saved, we became one with Jesus and our spirit man is going to heaven. But our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions, that's the part that we need to renew. That's the part that we want from our spirit man to come in and to, to rule and reign and be Lord over our soul, and so in that, the way that we do that is by saying, okay, Holy Spirit, you know, paint that picture, enlighten my soul, enlighten my heart, my understanding, cause me to see like Jesus sees, you know, instead of, you know, another thing that, that you know, that we ended up doing coming out of the faith movement is we got a hold of the scripture that, you know, that there's power of life and death in our tongue, which is true. The scripture is true. But you know, what we ended up doing is we became the police over 
over our tongue instead of seeing that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, we went after the symptom thinking, okay, if we always say the right thing, then, then, you know, we're going to get what we want. But see, we forgot, we didn't go a little bit further and allow the Holy Spirit to show us, hey, wait a minute here, out of the abundance of my heart, I speak. Now, I might be real careful what I speak in front of my brother, but what, is, what am I speaking to myself in private? What are my private thoughts? Am I speaking of fear? Am I speaking of lack? Am I speaking of doubt? And it, don't be ashamed of it. Be honest with God and say, okay, God, show me here. And then when you, when God points out an area that maybe you don't always understand how it's going to come to pass, I used to really be bad about this, that if I couldn't see A equals B and know how I was going to get to B, then it was hard for me to trust, and I had to try. So then I would try to figure out and come up with a human reasoning on how God was going to do this. We don't have to know how God's going to do it, do we? What, what, is, what does he ask us? What do we have to do? You guys are good. We have to believe, don't we? Do you believe that God is good? There was a time in my life when at times I thought, God, I know that you're a good God and you love me, but sometimes I feel real alone. What was the problem? The problem was I knew intellectually, according to the word of God, that God loved me and that he will never leave me nor forsake me. But I didn't have that revelation in my heart. The Holy Spirit hadn't put that into my heart to the point that I rested and it didn't matter what storm was going on around me. It was because I was living, you know, we all live from our hearts whether we realize it or not. And, you know, so if once we realize that, if we can, if we can examine that and open that up to the Holy Spirit and say, okay, Holy Spirit, I see my heart, my emotions are not lining up. But see, sometimes we try to shove them down, don't we? We try to pretend like they're not there because that's not faith. Well, Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, right? So you have all the faith in the world that you need. You don't need to build your faith, right? So if we have, if we have Jesus's faith, well, I don't know about you guys, but in my Bible, it says that Jesus was there and helped create everything. So it doesn't look to me like I need any more faith nor do you. But what I do need is for my spiritual womb to conceive the word of God, to conceive the spiritual baby that God has for me. You know, so many times the Bible also says that we're to run our race, right? Well, we get busy running our race and we get focused, but then with all of the chaos and all of the noise, we leave our race to go up into the stands to argue with whoever's heckling us. I mean, God has given me such a picture of that. So anytime that, no matter what it is that you're believing God for, if you, if you see it in the word of God, and you're like, okay, I see this, I see that this is available. When, when you start looking at what's coming against you, 
And you, you leave your race to go and to take care of and to, to argue with the heckler that's heckling you over your race. And, and God has said, okay, stop that. I, you know how I got that revelation, or when, when God gave me that revelation, was back in 2020 when everything seemed to break loose. You know, first we had the pandemic and then we had the, the political things, you know, and now we have, now we have the uprising in Israel and everything. Well, my husband and I, we had, I would call them passionate conversations at our house. <laughs> they were, they, they, they were passionate. And I remember thinking and even saying to him, you are not living in reality. And, I, you know, so unity in our home is a big deal. And it's, you know, we, we know that there is power in unity. And so I go back to, the, to God, right? You know, he leaves for work and, and I'm all riled up. And, and I'm like, God, you know what? He, he's just not living in ra- reality. This is going on and this is going on. And I read this and I saw this and, you know, and, and on and on we went. One day in prayer, God said to me, he said, his reality is from heaven and your reality is from earth. And we clashed because, you know, I thought he was crazy. And, you know, and so then I said to God, I said, so God, why in the world didn't you just have him say it to me like that? And I would have I got it. And God said to me, it's really not about how he says it. It's about what's living in your heart. And I went, oh, yeah. So see the responsibility again. You know, I'd like to blame him, but, you know, I wasn't. And what was happening was he was refusing to go to the world which makes sense. The Bible tells us that the father of this world is Satan, and there's no truth found in him. He's the father of lies, right? So why in the world do we go to the world to get our information? Well, I don't know about you, but one of the things that kept coming up in me was, well, I got to know what's going on. I can't just live under a rock. I need to be aware. And God said to me, that reality is more real to you than the reality that I have provided for you to live from. And I went, oh, and do you know what? If I want to live from God's reality, that's the reality I need to focus on. I can't keep focusing on and putting in all of the garbage. I already know what that's like when I have to go sit in a doctor's office and listen to a doctor's opinion of what he thinks is going on while I'm trying to focus on what God says is going on and trust him. I don't like mixing the two. Sometimes we're forced to have to sit, you know, and listen. And, you know, sometimes I could stick my fingers in my ears and go, nah, 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 you know, the whole time and, and not be listening. <laughs> and sometimes you'd like to do that. But it really is important. Which reality do you want to live from? See, for years, we read in our Bibles that we're not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed. Well, if we're, gonna, if we're not going to be conformed to the world, why are we going to the world for their information? Why are we believing everything that they're telling us? Why are we even allowing that into our hearts? 
the, that scripture says, be transformed. How are we to be transformed? We're going to be transformed by looking up into heaven and asking God, what is your perspective here? What, you know, what are you saying to each and every one of us in, in those situations? God is calling us, people. He is calling us to live from the heavenly perspective. And he's saying, stop trying to mix the two together. Pull away and look up into heaven and see what God is saying in, for every situation that you're dealing with. You know, as parents, we don't like it when our kids hurt or when they struggle. And I don't know about you guys, but I used to pray I would want God to remove the situation and to make it better, right? And to, and to make, help fix it. And I remember one day in prayer, God said to me, you know, that's, that's man's way of doing it. But he said, that's not my way. And I'm like, excuse me, if you love my children, don't you want them to be okay and to be safe and to be happy? And, and, and you know, God's comment was, I'm more interested in their heart than I am in, in what is going on. See, the world's, the world's success and being blessed, their definition is different than God's definition. And I'm not saying that God's not going to bless you with nice things or, you know, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is he's really concerned what's living in our hearts. And, you know, we heard that, you know, from a prophecy quite a few years ago, I think about the time that 2020, when all of this happened, God spoke to this church and he said, pay attention, pay attention to the small details. And see, what I'm finding is that for me, that some that I think is a small detail, it's not small to God. My attitude, it matters to God. And the reason it matters is because it stops God's blessing of flowing in my life. See, God's, God's pouring out his blessing. God, God, is, God is chasing you down with his love, and he will do whatever he can do to get something through to you. But sometimes our stubbornness keeps that from flowing into us, from us being able to see it. So then you're saying, I, so many times I, I hear this question over and over again. Well, how do you, if you tell us that it's not by works, it's not by what I do on whether or not I receive something from God, it's not about what you do, it's, but it is about how you surrender. And, you know, that's our part is surrendering and being teachable to the Holy Spirit, being open a lot of times we want control, and I'm sorry to use that word. I know that nobody really likes to, to have that, but, you know, so many times, if you will release control and say, okay, God, I think you're saying to me that, that I like to control, so I'm going to release control to you, and you show me, you show me each time that I'm trying to take control, ouch. I did that, and I've been like, oh, my gosh. And, you know, what rises up is, well, wait a minute. What about right and wrong here? 
is it about right and wrong or is it about relationship? It's about relationship, right? It's about intimacy with God. And people of God, we just think different than God. We see things different than God. And if we think we are wise enough to look at a situation with our natural eyes and figure something out and come up with the answer, we are a fool. And it's, and it's that strong. God is so much greater and he has provided so much and he wants to speak to each and every one of us. You know, in 2 Kings chapter 6, we're not going to go there, but you can write it in your notes. Verse 17, it's the story of Elisha and when they were surrounded and his, his servant is freaking out and he's like, oh my gosh, look at, you know, we are surrounded by the enemy. And Elisha prayed and said, ask God to open his servant's eyes that he would see. Do you see what God, do you see what God's trying to teach us? Open our eyes that we can see. Don't assume that you have a complete understanding and a complete revelation of how big your God is, of how much he loves you. Yes, we all have different degrees and different areas of the depth that we understand God, but there's so much more to him. Keep growing. Keep being teachable. Keep your hearts open. Don't don't be a know-it-all that goes to God and says, yes, I see this. This is available. Now you perform this. No, ask God to transform you on the inside, to enlarge the capacity of your understanding, of your imagination, and know that, that when, you, when you start responding in a certain way, and it's not, with, it's not with peace and with joy and anticipation of seeing what God's going to do, but it's in fear and anxiety and worry and, and being uptight, that's telling you your heart needs some work. That's telling you that your heart is not have a complete total understanding that's available to you of who your God is and so I don't know about you guys but that's my desire I it's not about whether or not we have storms to go through we know according to the word of God that we are going to have storms if if we don't know that why did he say that we're going to be more than a conqueror that we're going to be an overcomer you've got to have something to overcome you've got to have something to conquer right but what happens is is that when 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 those issues hit in our life we're like wait a minute I don't deserve this this isn't fair How long do I have to stand? Have you ever said that one? Well, see, this is what the Spirit of God has said to me. When I say, how long do I have to stand? He's saying, you have your eyes on the wrong thing. Because when I ask about how long I have to stand, the reason I'm asking that is because I'm looking at what is coming against me, right? But, so when Jesus went to the cross... And it says that for the joy, he looked past his agony. For the joy of the relationship with us, 
he looked past his agony. He is showing us there that for us on how we get through trials and temptations and things that are really painful is to look past what you're going through and and when you look past what you're going through, you look to the finish. What is the finish? My goal is not to just make it through. My goal is to grow while I'm going through. I want to come out on the other end with a deeper revelation of who my God is. I want a deeper intimacy with him. I, I want to be... I want to be so close to him that he is my total confidence. I remember years ago, we used to sing that song that it's all about you, Jesus. And I remember when we were singing that, the Spirit of God said, Tracy, it's all about you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Lord, forgive me. But, and and as, I, as I paid attention then and I stopped, I was like, you're right. It is all about me, isn't it? Make me happy. Fix my people. Help, you know, help everybody that I love. And, and God said to me, you know, go back to relationship. Go back to relationship. That should be our first and only goal is God I want to know you more. I want to know you more today than I knew you yesterday and tomorrow. I want you to even build on that and I want to know you even more. See, some of you may, you know, be scratching your head about this, this the, the living from the spiritual realm and, and, the, and your imagination as being your spiritual womb in your heart. But let me ask you, you, you believe in a God you can't see, Right? Your spiritual eyes were opened. And now what God is saying is, I have, I have sent the Holy Spirit and I have so much more for you, but you have to cooperate. I mean, how many times do we tell our kids that? You know, you've you got to cooperate here a little bit, right? And that, that's what God is saying to us, is you've got to cooperate. Are you willing, are you willing to open up your hearts and say, okay, God, what do you have here? Or when things start going south, are we so busy quoting scriptures and declaring our scriptures instead of just stopping and saying, okay, God, here I am. What do you, what do you want to show me about you? Not, you know, not only what's living in my heart, and I'm, I'm ready and willing I want him to take care of my heart because what I'm seeing more and more is everything that's available to us. I want that river of living water to flow out of me. And you know what? We can look at the promises of God and we can start declaring them. But if we're declaring them from our natural understanding, we become real offensive to the world. They feel like that we're judging them, that we're condemning them, that we're not. But when we're able to look up into heaven and to allow that living water to flow out, it makes people hungry. It makes them thirsty. But sometimes we've tried to live our Christian life from our natural man, our natural understanding. And God is saying, I have spiritual understanding that is available to you and there's so much more there. 
Have you ever tried to help somebody who is addicted and you tell them God can help you, you know, in their natural eyes? If they don't, if they don't get their spiritual eyes opened to see and, and that becomes real in their hearts, it's hard for them. You'll, you'll hear things like, well, I've tried that, but it didn't work. Have you ever heard that? You know, I've tried your God, and it didn't seem to work. He didn't seem to make a difference. See, we need to get to the point that we are always looking up into heaven and getting a different perspective of what we see with our natural eyes, and then to live from that and allow the very life and the very power and that living water to flow out of each and every one of us. And it will make our communities hungry and thirsty. It will make your loved ones hungry and thirsty. It's different than living from our natural understanding. I'm going to stop there. I'm sorry that I didn't give you more scriptures. I had a lot more scriptures <laughs> that was available. Um, but search it out. Don't just take my word for it. Go to the word of God and say, Holy Spirit, teach me. What is it you're trying to teach us as a body, as a church body? Right? If we want to walk in God's authority we need to know how to surrender to God's authority. If we want to walk in God's provision, we need to know how to surrender to God's provision. We need to have that written on our hearts, that picture. So the question that God asked me before I close and pray is he said, the things you're praying for, do you have that picture in your heart? And I went, nope, not completely. Did I feel condemned? Absolutely not. Because I knew that the Holy Spirit was setting me free. I knew he had more for me. And I knew that he'd be faithful to get it through to me. And so that's where I'm living. It's okay. Here I am. Give me that understanding. Open the eyes of my heart. That's why I'm praying that way for this body, for each and every one of you. God knows exactly where each and every one of you are at. And he's, he's pursuing you and loving you and saying, come, I have so much more. Father, I just thank you for your word. And Father, most of all, I thank you for loving us. I thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. I thank you for sending Jesus to set us free, to redeem us. I thank you for his sacrifice. And Father, I just thank you for this body. I thank you for each and every person here. And Father, I declare in the name and in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ that your word has gone forth and it has penetrated each and every one of our hearts and it will produce fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. To subscribe to our podcast, search New Life Eckley in all of the major podcasting apps. Audio and video of our sermons are posted at newlifeeckley.com slash live, and you can watch Sermon Slices weekdays on social media. Search at New Life Eckley. Our main service is at 10 a.m. Mountain Time every Sunday. Thanks for listening.